Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Hey everybody, it's Sathya here and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for listening in and I am really looking forward to digging into a little bit of an obscure topic today. Um, There's not much of a preamble to this one, I think we can probably just jump right in and uh, the the subject itself, um, yeah, there's enough enough to talk about here, we don't need much of a preamble. Um, But just a big thanks to those of you who continue to show support for the podcast. It uh, really means a lot to me and I'm really having a lot of fun doing this. It's been really fun. Um, Okay, so what we're talking about today is the whole concept around fetishes, um, which I don't know about you, but even the word, uh, the word kind of evokes this sense of discomfort. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but um, those were like, these were the kinds of words that you couldn't you couldn't talk about, you couldn't even say them really growing up, certainly not at home. And I went to a Christian school, so you couldn't really say them there either. Um, but they were, you know, they were things you kind of knew about and you you knew it was a thing and maybe even ha- had a fetish or two yourself, but um, they're just so taboo. So I, I'll be honest, like for me, even mentally, like I still have to sometimes hurdle these barriers just because of, of my upbringing and the environments I grew up in. Um, I remember uh, uh, Danny Silk is somebody that I really um, admire and, and he and his daughter have, have created a bunch of uh, content on how to talk about relationships and sex and all that kind of stuff with your kids. And, um, you know, they uh, they talk a lot about even just the importance of being able to label body parts at a young age um, and how when you kind of use these cute affect uh not affectionate but these cute sort of um masking terms to talk about your body parts it actually teaches kids to be ashamed you know we can't actually call this what it is we have to use some sort of um you know some sort of other term to kind of mask the shame around it and so um and so i thought that that was an interesting thing because it it really struck home for me and i think it's um it was my upbringing and it really has uh, it's just instilled this thing in me that wants to break those barriers down and really make sure that this next gen and certainly my children don't grow up with the same kind of stigmas and shame around sexuality that I did. I want them to um, to be able to just call a penis a penis and, uh, you know, whatever it might be, I, I want them to be able to to call a spade a spade and to not feel like they have to skirt around these subjects of sexuality Um so that they they don't have a shame associated with it because when there's no shame you make better decisions and you enjoy the process a lot more so anyway that's that's kind of why i wanted to talk about fetishes today because you know they're sort of this obscure subject um a lot of people have them there's not a lot of forums that are discussing them and you know some of the forums that do talk about them are weird and and get just a little bit unwieldy um un, unwieldy unwieldy 
you know what I mean. They get unruly. We'll just try a different word. They're they're just a little bit strange. So I wanted to just have an op- honest conversation about it. Maybe this is going to be weird for you as well, just because the subject is fetishes. Uh, but hopefully it's um it's not too wacky and not too too crazy. And really, you know, we're not talking about fetishes like here's all the research and here's what the information shows. And statistically speaking, this is the most popular fetish. We're not really getting into that stuff today. Uh, but what we do want to really uh, clamp down on is why why do we have these obscure fetishes um you know the yeah anyway but i'm i'm getting ahead of myself so let's let's just um let's kind of set the stage a little bit um a fetish is really just anything um and it could be anything it could be a a person a pattern um you know an object um there's all kinds of fetishes um but basically a fetish is anything along those lines that causes arousal so it's a form of um here's here's kind of the the google definition it's a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree of a particular object item of clothing part of the body um etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, one of my partners in crime in this space of combating pornography and helping guys get free is Drew Boa who I interviewed um many episodes ago and and we can link to him in the show notes um but he he talks uh, about his experience with braces and so when he was growing up um braces became kind of this fetish this thing that he really latched onto and became a huge source of arousal um and and it really um it was something he had to work through and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today is how do you work through these kinds of things um you know there's there <laughs> i was like i wanted to like kind of like i'm trying to sum up the different kind of fetishes you can have and i'm realizing like there's no cap to this like just about anything could be a fetish you know like braces or feet or um you know food like there's there's all kinds of things that people um latch onto but the one thing the one thing that is always in common um is that number one it is merely an association and it's not to downplay the strength of a fetish or the pull it can have on your sexual experiences it's rather just to say that um you know it's really your brain has just associated it with gratification and that doesn't make it true it it is it is maybe a, a reality in your mind but it doesn't actually make it true in real life. So that's one thing. And the other thing that I would say is really important, and this is what I wanted to focus on, is there's always a reason. We, we, it's not just that your brain says, oh, that's attractive. Boom, there's a link. Now you have a fetish. It's usually that the fetish is, um, is associated with the meeting of a deep fundamental need. Or it's associated with a highly emotional experience, something that was really thrilling and really pleasurable. There, there's always some kind of link. It's not as simple as like, oh, I think that's attractive. Um, we're, we're not talking about like your type or the kind of features that you find endearing in a person. We're talking about um, something that your brain has said, oh, that that is um, that is sexually gratifying because of X, Y, Z. So, um, uh, you know, if, if you use an example of somebody who maybe has a, uh, a foot fetish, okay, which is a really common one. Again, I, I don't have the stats, but I know that one is, is pretty common. Um, a foot fetish is, um, 
it's going to mean different things for different people. Um, so you might have a bunch of people who all find that to be, you know, really, um, whatever, enticing sexually, but, uh, the reason they might all find it enticing could be different. Um, and so it could be that, uh, somebody had an experience at a young age, uh, giving a foot massage to somebody and they found it really stimulating, or, um, maybe somebody gave them a foot massage and they found it really arousing. Um, you could have people who, um, you know, for whatever reason, they just started obsessing over feet. They love shoes and sandals and they just kind of built this obsession with it. Um, there, there's going to always be different sort of origin stories or, or ways that these things started. But what we want to really identify is why. Why was it so enticing? Why was it so gratifying? And the reasons will be different. Now, a hypothetical example, you have somebody with this foot fetish, okay? And let's just say that, um, you know, their mom was really affectionate and their mom gave them foot rubs every night before they went to bed. So every night they get this foot rub. It's nothing, again, nothing elaborate, nothing intense, but it's just, it's just enough. It's the mom just showing some physical affection um, and, and it's come, become this sort of ritual. So the the son develops this kind of um, pattern. You know, he's, he's used to being comforted by his mom in this way. And of course, it feels really good to, uh, you know, to kind of get, get the foot rub. Well, when you're a kid, that's, that's nothing. That's just, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. It's nice mother-son bonding. Let's say that this carries on just a little bit too long. The son turns 13, 14, 15, and these, these things kind of persist. And so now when the son is developing sexually, he's experiencing this sort of, um, this ritual with his mom. But now because, because when you're, you know, 13, 14, 15, you hit puberty, everything is sexual or most things are sexual. It it becomes a little bit sort of confusing and maybe this is no longer just like, a, oh, that feels nice. But now the foot rub is, it's just reaching deeper places of the individual. So, um, you know, eventually, of course, the mom goes, you know, all right, we, we got to stop this. We got to cut this out because you're a grown man now or you're becoming a man, whatever. The patterns are there. And to be honest, even if they didn't creep into the adolescent years, the patterns are still there. And... And if the, if the foot kind of becomes this thing that represents deep connection, um, connection with the opposite sex, meaningful, emotional attachment, you know, all these kinds of different associations, getting a, a sense of intimacy, then what happens for this guy is as his sexuality develops and, um, you know, unfortunately, there's a pretty good chance he's going to get exposed to pornography in this day and age. The stats say they're as high as 93% of guys uh, by the time they turn 18 now will have been exposed to porn. Well, his initial exposures to porn are going to be probably more on the soft kind of side. Um, nothing really ridiculous, nothing um, certainly in the arena of fetishes or those kinds of niches, but rather it's just general exposure. But if it persists and if it continues, he will be drawn to those places that he associates with affection. And that includes foot fetishes, foot videos. And there's lots of stuff like that out there. At least there was when I was watching. Um, so again, it. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, maybe a, a simple example, 
But this is how it starts. There's always a reason that a fetish exists. It's that we have somehow associated the object or the item or the whatever it is. We've associated it with intimacy. We've associated it with connection. And we've associated it with gratification. And so in our moments of great need where we are seeking these kinds of outlets, we will return to these places and these patterns that already exist. So why do you have these weird fetishes? Well, that is actually a question you have to answer. And so I will ask you this in your life, you know, when you look at um, maybe just pick one, if you have more than one, I would just pick one. And let's just focus on that one for a minute here. What, um, what do you think contributed to the start of the fetish? When did it first start? That's where you always want to go um, to begin. So, so where did it start? How did it come into existence? And go as far back as you possibly can. Ideally, the first time that you remember making that association. Now, once you have that memory or that moment, what you then want to ask yourself is what need was it meeting? Now, here's the thing. Okay, let's use the hypothetical example. Okay, the guy with the feet. The question I suppose would be, this is a... A bit of a skill testing question, but let's answer this one before we dig or dig deeper into um, maybe some personal examples for you. Did his fetish start when he became an adolescent and he started watching pornography or did his fetish start with those early experiences with his mom? The first time his mom gave him a foot rub at night before he went to bed. The answer is it started when he was a kid. And when his mom gave him that first foot rub, that's when it started. Now, it wasn't a fetish then. And it's not like if you do those things with your kids, you're going to give them a fetish. It's not like that. But that is the place where it first began. Um, It it may not have been much of an issue. In fact, it it could not have become an issue. Um, Yet that is where it originated. And that's where you want to go back to. We're trying to go back to the earliest point possible that we can trace this kind of association of intimacy, connection, um, some sort of deep need getting met through this object. So when is that for you? When you think about the fetish you have, when was the earliest that it took place? Um, When is the earliest time you can remember having this association? And then our second question is, what need was it meeting? What was the actual need? Was it intimacy? Was it connection? And I want you to really think about this one. Don't, don't cop out. Um, don't just use the, the examples I'm providing. What was it really meeting for you? What, what made that association desirable, uh, repeatable? What made it attractive in the first place? So I'll give you a minute here to just think about it. All right. And um, by the way, if you still need to think about this, you can pause. Um, The next question we want to ask is, how has this impacted your sexuality? Okay, so that's what you're asking yourself. How's this impacted my sexuality? Now, you might feel like, well, do we really need to answer that? Um, No, (laughs) you don't need to answer it. But um, it could be really helpful. This, sometimes this is where the dots really connect because you start to observe the patterns. But when you really think about it, that moment, that incident that, that's come to mind 
and that need that was getting met. How do those things factor into your sexual experiences now? Do they impact your porn viewership? Do they impact the way you've experienced um, sex and, and things that are related to sex? Does it impact how you view yourself and how you identify your orientation? Um, does it in, impact your, your sense of manhood and manliness? Look for these things. Do you observe anything? Now, here's the deal. As you start to identify some of these patterns, as you start to kind of um, piece together some of the, the contributing elements to this fetish, I wish that there was just some, some script you could read and you'd break it off and you're good to go. But it's not quite that simple. Um, let's really think about what a fetish is. It is a neural association. A neural association. A deep one, mind you but just a neural association nonetheless. So if an association has been made, um, in some ways what we want to do is we want to dissociate. We want to break apart that association as best as we can. Now, this doesn't have to be um, a a super flush thing, a smooth thing. It doesn't mean that like every time you see feet, your mind never goes there, although I think you can reach that place for sure. But as a starting point, what you want to do is you want to just become aware of it. That's where all breakthrough starts. You have to become aware of it. The second thing you want to do is you want to actually um, identify the people and the elements that were involved. And what I mean by elements is any other patterns. Did, did this fetish kind of occur in a particularly significant place or at a significant time of the day or that kind of thing? So going back to our example, we have um, the mom giving the son a foot rub at night, consistently at night. So guess what? When when that interaction doesn't happen anymore, the son has been kind of conditioned to experience intimacy, a, a, a just a you know maybe a fraction of intimacy, but intimacy nonetheless at night. And so if he doesn't learn to regulate himself, then he will probably view porn at night. He will probably feel the pull to his phone, his brain's going to go there, he's maybe not going to be able to handle it, and he's going to start watching porn at night, or he's going to seek out some sort of outlet to gratify and satisfy that need for intimacy, that need for connection, because he's no longer getting it from his mother. So you want to identify any of the patterns or any any of the components that are involved, um, because for this individual, it might look like, like breaking out of the fetish, might look like changing up his nighttime routine. That might actually be a part of it. Again, it's not going to completely dissociate feet from sexual arousal, but it is going to be helpful. And and it could be the shock to the system that's necessary to make that dissociation. And the other thing you want to do is you want to identify the people involved so that you can forgive them. And this is where um, maybe that you can have a bit of a script or something to follow. Um, but it, it's really, really important that you are willing to, um, to forgive the people for what they did. Um, because, you know, a, a mom giving her son a foot rub every night or as a regular part of their routine, I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. It's, it's not that we're forgiving people because they've done something terrible, although that could be possible as well. You know, sexual abuse. And, and trauma can contribute to our fetishes. Um, 
but I'm, I'm just saying regardless of, of where it lands on the spectrum, if anybody is involved, they need to be forgiven period. They must be forgiven. So, uh, that, that is my encouragement is, um, is to forgive them and to, uh, to really release them, forgive them for how they contributed to this fetish and any other parts of your sexuality in a negative way, release them. They owe you nothing. And again, they might not have done anything malicious or, or outrightly inappropriate, but forgiveness is about you. It's about your side of it, releasing them for your sake. And as you forgive them, as you release them, uh, you then get to see things a little bit more clearly. And the last thing is, um, and we've talked about this before, uh, but another really useful thing for fetishes is just having a totem. So when you're, uh, when you, when you catch yourself into those, uh, that state of arousal and specifically by the fetish, um, having a totem is a great way to create new associations. And we've talked about this. I'll, I'll link to the show notes, um, to, I believe it's, uh, it's the episode where we talk about kind of, uh, a secret to rewiring your brain. And, and that is to have a, uh, something that you can quickly redirect your attention to when you notice triggers or in this case, fetishes. And so it's just that thing that, yeah, every time I have a fetish, I think about, Jesus. You know, I think about cheese. I think about whatever it is. Um, you want to be a little bit careful uh, that you don't create a new fetish. Um, so, so be careful with that. But um, it could, it, maybe it doesn't have to be a thing or a person, but it could be a scripture. It could be a, um, an affirmation, a statement of truth, uh, something that you can redirect your attention to so that you use your fetish. You basically leverage it to get yourself to think about things that you want to think about. Um, you know, so maybe you're really working on um, experiencing more peace in your life, you know, um, trying to combat some of the anxiety and depression that comes with life. And so you're really meditating on um, uh, the God of peace, you know, the God of peace or a peace that surpasses all understanding uh, to guard your hearts and mind, like it talks about in Philippians 4. So, um, you know, anytime that you think about feet, anytime you catch yourself being triggered or aroused, it's God, I thank you that you're the God of peace, that you provide for me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Period. That's it. And then move on. Like it doesn't have to be deeply reflective and contemplative because it's probably going to be in random moments when you're just walking down the street and you see somebody wearing flip flops or you know what I mean? Like you need to be equipped with totems that you can pull out very quickly and redirect your attention to. And you're going to find that it, it really builds, a, um, a, I would say, or it, it dissociates that attachment or that connection that's otherwise quite strongly there. Now, um, I, I will be upfront. Fetishes is not an area that we really focus on, although it is a part of the recovery process. So if you feel like you want to go more in depth in this, um, I'd encourage you to seek out some professionals. There, there is lots of content out there and I'll, I'll maybe redirect uh, to some good content that you can uh, look into a little bit more uh, if you want to understand this better. Um, but I hope this is a good start for you. I hope it at least opens the conversation and gives you some questions to think about. And if you really want to dig into it, I'd encourage you to pull out your journal, go back, um, answer some of those questions, really give it some thought. And um, yeah, and, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll notice that the, the fetish is uh, not something that has to rule you. Um, you can rule it. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of getting ahead, building some awareness of why it's there in the first place, and then finding ways to break 
the dissociation. So thanks so much for listening. If you have more questions, uh, you can message me on Instagram. My details are in the show notes. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.